Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I've been warning you for the last couple of days about this great reset, and it's now gone nuclear everywhere. Uh, and, and I've warned you also about the dangers. How many times have we talked about this on the show of the digital currency that they were studying in the United States and around the world? Folks, all of this, all of this is all tied together. I'm going to show you some stunning video of that. Also, they're getting, they're terrified right now. This whole Spygate thing, they've, they're, they're, they are horrified. I'm going to prove it to you. You can always tell by when the fact checker starts sweating. Then you know it's trouble time. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe. Let's go. We back, baby. We back. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He was. He was. He was holding that for two holding days. It. it is good to be back. We don't take too many days off. I like to get you the material when it's timely. Uh, but now there's a lot to talk about because it's all piled up. Listen. Um, learn to read the tea leaves. Okay. I know you're very good at that, and we're all. This is my job to learn to read the tea leaves about. When the left is worried about something, when the left is preparing for a new strategic, uh, you know, 30 front fight against us on an issue. When you see and you learn to read the tea leaves, you'll see the signs everywhere. Okay, that's going to come up later again in the show, the tea leaf reading. So pay very close attention to this. You learn to read the tea leaves, you'll be way ahead. Here's how I know the left is terrified about the Spygate story. Just two quick things. I want to get to Canada and what's going on in Russia and everywhere else. There's a lot of material. When you see the fact checkers. And specifically this guy at the Washington Post who tries to once in a while play the whole, you know, I'm bipartisan in my criticism nonsense. It's not really true. When you see them pounce on a story like this, right? Wink and a nod, right? When you see them pounce on a story like this, you know it is a damaging story that is going to cause significant damage to a Democrat like Hillary Clinton and the reputation of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Here it is. Washington Post, the hilarious Glenn Kessler. Whenever you see these kind of writings, you know something's up. Headline, how the right embraced the false claim that Hillary Clinton spied on President Donald Trump. That is not a false claim. Here's how you know they're terrified. Listen, if they really thought this claim was false and hilarious on its face, they would not waste any time on it. Believe me, they are only repeating this and attacking now the fact checker at the Washington Post because they're terrified of the truth. The Clinton campaign unquestionably spied on Donald Trump. Unquestionably. We know the name of the spy. We know the name of the F. Well, we know the uh, the name they, they gave the FBI woman who met with Papadopoulos. We know they unmasked Donald Trump. We know server data was exploited. We know that according to the allegations in the document that John Durham already filed. We know this. They're terrified. They sent something's up. My guess here is that they're trying to preserve the bona fides of a Hillary Clinton presidency, a presidential run coming up next. So they're on attack mode. You can see it at lead stories here as well. This is another fake fact checking site. Fact check. Special counsel did not say Clinton paid tech boss to infiltrate Trump Tower and White House service. The, the, the comical Dean Miller. You see it now, folks, the fact checkers, when you see them panic, 
It is a tea leaf reading moment. You know something's up that they are genuinely concerned about. Everybody tracking when they all work in, in, in a symbiotic manner to move forward and try to crush the truth. You know it's got them worried, okay? My friend Matt Palumbo writes at uh, Bongino.com and edits Bongino Report, posted this interesting tweet too. Here, just a kind of a hilarious note about the fact checker clown show before we get into the Canada stuff. PolitiFact did a fact check here. Would George Washington have been an ally to modern day gun rights groups? Matt says they're now fact checking hypothetical opinions of dead people. This is what it's come down to. I'm, I know Matt's, Matt's, I know he's, if you're not following Matt, uh, you're missing out big time. He's Bongino report on, on truth. He does most of our stuff over there. Listen to me. The purpose here is to censor. They use the fact check people to try to strict, restrict the penetration of an article, especially about Hillary Clinton and their team spying into the space. When they collude like this, read the tea leaves. Something is definitely up. Right? I just wanted to throw that out there at the beginning of the show because I saw it this weekend. I'm like, now I definitely know they're worried. Okay, moving on. Folks, the situation in Canada has degenerated significantly. Canada is now a dictatorship. Uh, that's obvious. It's not open for debate. Um, you can. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the evidence is right in front of your face. You could debate the contours of the dictatorship, but everything dictators do, um, no due process, confiscation of people's assets, confiscation of private assets, the elimination of any ability to politically speak out, the ability to assemble being wiped out, uh, all of this is now gone in Canada. Canada is now a dictatorship. I'm going to play you a video in a second of how bad it's gotten. It's an MP in Canada, Yara Sachs, humiliating herself again. Here's the problem. Again, this is going to be a read the tea leaves show. This is how I know the globalist tyrant dictator who are working together right now, it appears either implicitly or explicitly to wink and nod and get rid of your potential freedoms, of your, of your freedoms, uh, to potentially get rid of your freedoms. I should have said that better. They are worried. They're worried that this thing is backfiring. As the Ottawa Police Department goes full tyrant, starts attacking people, threatening people, the horses are, are knocking people over in the middle of the street. Get your money out of Canada now. You know what? Let me play this first, and I'm going to get to some action item steps for you. How to fight back against the new Canadian dictatorship and Justin Trudeau, the Canadian dictator. Here is a, 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 a ridiculous, I, I mean, clown show MP, Yara Sachs, claiming now, get a load of this one, Joe. If you honk your horn twice, you know what? You know, you might be saying, hail Hitler. Yes, you're definitely a Nazi. That's, this isn't a joke. Actually said it. Play that cut. How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of honk honk, which is an acronym for hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? I mean, this is this. Uh, oh, my gosh. This is I know, Joe, it's got to be a Muttley there. I mean, he's calling for a Muttley on that one. I mean, guys, thank you. This has got to be the Canadian AOC. This has to be the Canadian AOC. One, she doesn't even know what a freaking acronym is. Honking your horn twice is an acronym for Hail Hitler. Are you an idiot? <laughs> Did you even put that in a search engine before you mouthed that stupidity? H-Y-H-T. What? Read. <laughs> read. Read the tea leaves. I know you're good at this. Read the tea leaves. Why are they doubling down on stupid, this humiliating embarrassment of a human being? Why are they doing this? 
Because like the Spygate case I showed you before and the fact checker clown show coalescing around a narrative. There's no spy. like a perfect theory. Right? <laughs> Why are they doing this now? Doubling down on identity politics. Because they know everything they've told you for the last three or four decades about who they are is crap. Hey, man, we're against police brutality and all that stuff. Really? You know, we're for the people. Really? What, you mean like the working people? The people you're trampling and arresting, all those people who are peacefully assembling? You mean those people? You understand they don't have anything else? All they have is a bull narrative. That's all they have, that this is being run by a bunch of Nazis. They're making the whole thing up, and this idiot is doubling down on it. Action items. I didn't forget. Get your money out of Canada now. It is not safe. It is not safe. I am not kidding. Get your money out of Canada now. If you were Canadian, I would strongly recommend taking your money out of the banks and getting it out until this passes. Second, under no circumstances should anybody be traveling to Canada right now for any reason. Canada should be treated like the dictatorship it is. Thank you to the patriots in Canada who are fighting. We have your back. The Canadian dictatorship, you are at risk. Nobody should be traveling to Canada for any reason right now. Third, a general strike should be considered in Canada. Folks, you don't act now. It is going to be over. They just voted to continue this martial law dictatorship, 185 to 151, in favor of continuing the Emergencies Act. The Canadian dictatorship was just voted and given a confidence vote. of It wasn't even close. 185 to 151. Get out of Canada as soon as you can. No trucker should be crossing the border to Canada to deliver anything. Canada has now become a dictatorship. You are not safe there. I'm not kidding. The time to act is now. If what happened in Canada, the cancerous dictatorship, is allowed to spread and there are no repercussions, no repercussions through peace, uh, peace of, uh, peaceful assembly, through actions we take, and we don't make them pay for this peacefully. It's going to metastasize and spread here, and we're going to rue the day we didn't do anything about it. Thankfully, folks, I'm hearing from a number of people now, including Dr. Aaron uh, Cariotti, who was on my show, that the convoy, and a convoy, I should say, is coming here too. It should be starting tomorrow, actually. There's an article in my newsletter if you want to read it, the Washington Examiner, the People's Convoy to Begin American Trucker Convoy to Protest COVID-19 Restrictions. It's supposed to start tomorrow, somewhere in California. Apparently, it's going to take 11 days to make its way to Washington, D.C. Folks, this is the way it's done. When we peacefully, Leave the violent stuff to the leftist Antifa terrorists and BLM thugs, okay? We don't do that. There's no, the, the end game there is, is, once that red line is crossed, there's no turning back. We can win this the right way, but it's going to require some collective unified action and everyone's going to have to have a little skin in the game. 
I'm working on a number of things, a number of things right now. I'm not speaking at you or to you with forked tongue here. You must act now before it's too late. We won't have any time left if this is allowed to continue. I want to show you how bad it's gotten here. The Ottawa police chief is now gone full tyrant. He is now vowed to enforce the new Canadian dictatorship, has abdicated any responsibility to morals, ethics, a higher power. I'm telling you, get out of Canada as soon as you can. You are now, if you are a conservative, you are in danger of losing your money, your livelihood, and your freedom to dictator Trudeau, deputy dictator Freeland, and this just corrupted police chief who's humiliated himself. He's now, listen to this, does this sound familiar? Sound like after what happened on January 6th? This is the disgraced Ottawa police chief who deserves no respect from any of us, none. Now saying, oh, you think this is over? We're going to, you you peacefully assembled to protest for body sovereignty and against vaccine mandates and my power? You watch, I'm coming for you later. This is not, this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be a representative democracy in Canada. We now have a full-blown dictatorship and they now have uh, corrupted police chiefs enforcing the this, uh, dictatorship. Check this out. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. We, we, this investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time consuming um, investigation that will go on for a period of time. Read the tea leaves, folks. That's not Cuba. That's not North Korea. That is Canada, a formerly free country. No more. Canada is now a full-blown dictatorship with an Ottawa police chief more than willing to be the force branch of it. Let me tell, let me just send a message to our Republican colleagues also in Congress. You better stop this right now. You better stop this right now. We should be pushing right now. Don't laugh. I'm not kidding. I know you Republican swamp rats up there in Congress. You're like, oh my gosh, that sounds drastic. We should be passing Magnitsky-like sanctions against anyone in the government that voted for this. This is clearly a violation of human rights. This is an abuse of police powers to enforce bureaucratic thuggery. Magnitsky-like sanctions should be levied against any Canadian lawmaker who voted for this garbage. You want to send a message? Send it right now. You involved? You were voted for this? You're not, you, you voted for this garbage? You're not allowed back in the United States. You have any assets here? We'll seize them too. You want to play that game? Of course, they don't have the balls to do it. Chumps. Democrats love this stuff. You're not going to get a Democrat vote. Democrats are even worse. Come on, do something. Trudeau should be sanctioned immediately. People are catching on, folks. They understand you cannot count on Democrats or the media to stop this growing, festering, cancerous tyranny. They are all in. People are catching on. I want you to listen to this MSNBC reporter. It's clown. Try to do the propaganda thing. 
at the trucker protests and the truckers in the background are having none of it, realizing these is, this is the propaganda arm for the tyrants and the dictators. Here, listen to this in the background. This is hilarious. Check this out. Apologize. They're not going to be kind or gentle or Canada. You may be liars. You're a real true hero, bud. True What's hero. Sleaze bags. Get a real Josh, job. I've lost the IP. Who pays your checks? We lost. Guys, the media is the virus. You guys disgusting. Thanks, Yasmin. Appreciate it. They had they're done with it. People are done. They've yeah. all caught on. This is why your efforts are not working. Read the tea leaves, folks. The fact checkers, the media effort to cover up what's going on in Canada, the media's fact checker effort to cover up the Hillary Clinton scandal. It's not working. People can read the tea leaves. They are smart. They know what you're doing. You're panicked. They know another thing as well. They know that they're living through the Great Reset right now. Something I and many others, Lindsay, Majid Nawaz, have all been talking about for a, uh, well, them a lot longer than me. The Great Reset. I got more on this coming up in a stunning, stunning interview on the Joe Rogan Show that has now gone viral with Majid uh, Nawaz. You're not going to want to miss it. Ties into my warnings about a digital currency, too. Uh, let me get to this uh, next sponsor first. I'm going to get to that. We've got a lot more material ahead, including a tweet from a guest that was on my show that really opened my eyes. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Folks, Canada, the media propaganda arm, the fact checker censors, the big tech government symbiote. It is all part of this great reset idea. This idea the left wants that they want to start from, from year zero, scratch our history and move forward with a more bureaucratic, tyrannical state like what's happening in Canada right now. Why do you think I've been focused so heavily on Canada for the last few days, begging you to see the writing on the wall? My great fear here is in 10 years, we're going to look back at what happened in Canada. If nothing, if it doesn't stop and we don't act now, we're going to look back and say, my gosh, we had an opportunity. We bypassed it. And now look where we are. Joe Rogan had Majid Nawaz on. Forgive me if I'm saying, uh, pronouncing the name wrong. It's certainly not intentional. He talks about the Great Reset. This idea that the, the, the socialist, uh, tyrannical, dictator-like thugs have had for a long time. That if we could just start over, wipe out our history, attach people surgically to the teat of government and stop getting them to believe in this idea of freedom and liberty and markets, that we could move forward with this state-oriented economy. We could control everything. That's the, the central idea behind this Great Reset. Nawaz was on with uh, Joe Rogan, and he described it, and Rogan was sitting there like, you got to be, this is insane. 
Here, this is part one. I'm going to play a second part in a second, but pay very close attention to this. Check this out. It's also embedding people in government who are subscribed to this agenda. Yeah. And the agenda of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is the same as the agenda of Tony Blair in this regard. They call it on their own website. They call it the Great Reset. That's what they say themselves. Yeah, that's a bizarre thing to do, to yeah. openly... Why do you think they openly discuss it that way? And openly... Because the Great Reset has always been this gigantic conspiracy theory yeah, yeah. among the online folks. Yeah. Like, this is all part of the Great Reset. Well, yeah. when he wrote a book called The Great Reset, you're yeah. like, hey, man, yeah. shouldn't you be hiding this? And, and, and in 2017 at Harvard, he's saying, you know, we're going to basically... All of these world leaders will penetrate their cabinets with our young global leaders. He's open. He's open. Blair's open. During the Iraq war, Blair tried to bring in ID cards in Britain. He failed. Now he's back and he's trying to bring in digital ID during COVID. Right? So they're open about it. So this is going to be this never-ending process to slowly move the goalposts. Towards more and more authoritarianism. There it is, folks, right there. Joe and I on this show have been only discussing now for six or seven years that the central component of the leftist ideology is control. Control, control over everything, control over your economic future. How do you do that if you're a leftist? You do it by confiscating people's money. Yep. You either take their businesses outright or you tax and regulate them to death. And then you de facto control them. I don't need to control your business if I can confiscate your money and tell you what to do through regulations. I already own it. Control of what your kid's education and the indoctrination process. Now you see why the left is losing their minds at the parent rebellion going on about the, uh, uh, the curriculum in schools, CRT and other things. The left needs the indoctrination process to initiate this great reset process and start from year zero. Healthcare control. Why does the left push so hard to control your healthcare? Why do you think they would care so much? You Oh, because they care about my health. Ha! That's hilarious. They don't give a about your health. It's about control of your health. If you can control when someone gets life-saving medical care, you make them desperate. You make them scared. That's what they need. They thrive on fear. That's why they love chaos. They think people will look to government as some kind of palliative, as some kind of a drug to stop the insanity. But you can't institute control with a free market capitalist system where people can spend their money free of government surveillance. Now do you see the role of what Nawaz was hinting at there? These vaccine passports? And he hints at here in this upcoming clip, the same, uh, same show, the Rogan show, about the digital currencies. I have warned you so often about the digital currency and it creeping here in the United States as well. And around the world, this idea that there should be a state-issued currency, digital currency that's trackable. In other words, not cash. They can't track cash. They can in certain ways, but it's not, it's not easy. Digital currency would track everything. Listen to Nawaz talk about this great reset, the role of these vaccine passports, and the role of a digital currency in implementing this New way forward after coronavirus and this great reset. Klaus Schwab from the WEF talks about in his own words. They wrote a book about it. They're not hiding it. That's what Rogan just said. He's like, the dude wrote a book about it. They're not hiding it. Here, listen to Nawaz talk about this. Pay very close attention to the digital currency part. Critical. Check this out. You've got a scenario now that you're checking in and out everywhere you go using vouchers that are programmed and you can only spend where you're told you can spend them. There's another word for that, man. 
That's called the Chinese social credit system. That's what it's called. And anyone who watches Black Mirror will know what I'm talking about. That's that TV show, right? Yeah. So what they are telling us, and when I say they, who's they? People in power. That's the head of our economy, the chancellor of the exchequer, second most powerful person other than the prime minister and maybe the foreign secretary in the UK, right? He's telling us, I just played it there for you. He's telling us that's what he, as the UK, the head of the G7, want to bring in for the G7. So a scenario where like in New York at the moment, because the, the passport infrastructure is in place, you bring in that digital currency and you've got this total control. And if I'm speaking to you the way I'm speaking now and my employer or government, you heard that in the quote directly, yeah, deems me as saying or doing something inappropriate, suddenly I can't actually pay to come here and speak to you anymore. My, my digital currency won't even pay for the ticket because it will be known that I'm coming to speak to you. Sorry, your, your vouchers don't allow you to purchase that ticket to go and speak. I never want you to think you're wasting your time here. The things I'm passionate about, I'm passionate about because they matter to me and I read the tea leaves. Folks, the idea of a digital currency here in the United States, anywhere around the world, you understand that would have two purposes. Number one would be surveillance, as Nawaz was just talking about. What other purpose would they, oh, it's all about efficiencies. Is it really? Or is it about surveillance? I believe the latter. It's about watching where you spend your money and most importantly, dictating where you can spend your money. As Nawaz just said, imagine in conjunction with these passports and these digital entry systems into business, them having the ability to see where you've been, where you visited, where you spent your money. You want to attack the Second Amendment? You don't have to attack it legally. Just say digital currency can't be spent at uh, a firearms dealer. What are you going to do? Buy ca use cash? What if in the future cash is hard to come by? What if in the future cash is banned, cash transactions? Oh, that'll never happen here. Folks, please, I'm tired of hearing about what'll never happen. I thought they'd never spy on a presidential candidate. I thought that Canada would never become a full-blown dictatorship confiscating people's money without due process. That happened too. Forgive me, but I'm really tired about hearing about what's not going to happen and then watching it happen. As I said, if we're conspiracy theorists, we're going to need a new set of conspiracy theories because all the old conspiracy theories have already come true. But there's another purpose. It's not just surveillance. Again, a topic we've addressed often. It's a way for the government to spend money endlessly and tax you without having to actually take money through taxes. Once the government declares that they can uh, move interest rates negative, if you have your money in a bank digitally, a negative interest rate, you would obviously lose money every day. Why would the government want negative interest rates? Because it would significantly devalue our currency. Why would our government want to devalue our currency? Because the government owes a lot of currency in debt. The government owes over $20 trillion in debt. If you devalue it, it's not, it may be nominally $20 trillion, but it's less money. One of the best ways to do that is to keep interest rates so low that inflation breaks out and destroys the value of the currency and the value of the government debt. I hope you understand that. I've explained this many times. The only way to implement negative interest rates, though, is to have a digital currency. Because why? We're to implement them effectively. Because people just take their money out of the bank and put it in safes. That way the cash is the cash. You have a $100 bill. It's not $90 the next day in digital currency. It's still $100. That's why they want this digital currency. That's why they studied it here. Look at the AP article, January 20th, 2022. 
Fed study on digital currency leans towards a role for banks. Now, to be clear, no decision in the United States has been made on digital currency. And the Fed has hedged themselves saying, well, we'd like to have banks take more of a role and they want to have Congress pass something. I'm telling you, you you should be asking all of your candidates in primaries where they stand on the digital currency. If the answer is I support, the answer from you should be, well, I don't support you. Rethink that and come back to me later. It is a surveillance control mechanism to destroy our currency and watch what you do by where you spend your money, which they can't do with cash. How is this not obvious? If you're a lefty, imagine there's a right-leaning government that doesn't want you spending money in an abortion clinic. Maybe that'll make more sense to you. Oh, I didn't think of that one. Of course you didn't think of that one. You don't think ever. Thinking's not your thing. I had this guest on my show this weekend on Fox. Leah Heilpern. She was very good. We had a Bitcoin panel on my Fox show this week. She was great. She tweeted this out uh, the other day. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police are now investigating whether the CEOs of centralized exchanges, talking about crypto exchanges, advising people to use self-custody violates their new laws, their dictator laws in Canada. The Canadian government is literally saying you're not allowed to promote self-custody. I want you to think about what Leia Halpern's saying here. If you own crypto, if you own a cryptocurrency and you have your money in some exchange, the Canadian where you own the key and the exchange doesn't. In other words, you have access to it. It's like a bank uh, safety box with only one key and you have it. She's suggesting here that the RCMP is looking into ways to, to, to try to force these, these exchange holders to give up the key. Meaning private property is finished, ladies and gentlemen. Private property, the very hallmark of a free society, now finished. I feel for you in Canada, folks. My heart is with you, patriots there. You're living in a new dictatorship. Right. I've got a lot more to get to on this. It's uh, beyond disturbing, including video of Joe Biden coming up next. That's really comical right now, laughable. And I want to show you how the Democrats set themselves up for failure with the Russian narrative. It's something I haven't heard in the mainstream media. It's very strange why I haven't heard this. It's going to be obvious when I'm done. All right, let me get to my, uh, my next sponsor and our question authority segment coming up uh, later in the show. Always question authorities. It's your duty. Mm, yeah, baby, getting hungry right now, right before the deadlift workout for the day. So I haven't heard this in mainstream media coverage, moving on to the uh, Russia-Ukraine crisis going on right now. It is a crisis because I don't believe it is our land war over there. It doesn't mean uh, it, it does not equate to, I don't think this is a critically serious geopolitical situation we should all be paying attention to. I don't want anyone to be confused about that. Well, you guys tell me what you think about this analysis. I was thinking this morning. So we had four years of the Trump presidency and Vladimir Putin did none of this while Trump was in office. Trump leaves office. It's only about uh, a few months into the Biden presidency and Vladimir Putin starts a saber rattle. Putin has now effectively invaded Ukraine, uh, not all the way to Kiev, but he has his troops on Ukrainian soil, an invasion by any name. It's not me being hysterical. It's just true. Putin has now uh, declared that the, uh, the two independent breakaway regions are now, in fact, independent. He's claiming that they are not, and he's saying they're going to recognize them. They are not independent. They are part of Ukraine. But think about this. How is it that the Democrats played themselves? And I mean really played themselves. 
Remember, of course, their collusion hoax. Trump colluded with Russia. Yeah. You know, think about this. By pushing the peepee hoax, a discredited, ridiculous lie for the four years of the Trump presidency, I think I can make a strong case to you that even if Donald Trump, which I don't think he would have, but even if Donald Trump would have been softer towards Vladimir Putin than the Democrats said he was going to be, that the Dems pushing this false narrative that he colluded with Russia probably made him and his foreign policy circle a little bit more eager to show strength against Russia to counteract the collusion narrative. Does this make sense? Yeah. That, yeah. Ironically, probably because Putin's very, very careful and deliberate. He's a thug and an animal, but he is not dumb. Putin is an intelligence expert. He's very smart what he does. Putin probably understood that. The internal politics of the United States with the loser zero Democrats pushing the collusion hoax, which Putin knows is fake. Putin knows I better be careful with Trump because he's going to be eager to flex his muscles if I mess around with this guy and he's unpredictable anyway. Putin does nothing for four years. The minute well, Trump gets out of office and that threat is gone, the threat of Trump reacting harshly against Putin to counteract the collusion narrative the Democrats started, the minute the threat's gone, Vladimir Putin says, Biden, what are you kidding? This guy's a joke. Now it's time. Why is no one in the mainstream media talking about that? You get the irony here? The Democrats pushing the collusion hoax. They played themselves. They actually made it more likely for a Russian invasion or Russian saber rattling to happen under a non-Trump administration, which happened to be Joe Biden. They caused their own problems right here. Why is no one else talking about that? That makes sense? Did you get that? Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Here's Biden laughably. I mean, comically. In a, this was in 2019, just so you know. Here's Biden in a campaign video here trying to claim that Vladimir Putin is his worst enemy. And again, saying this because of the collusion hoax. Listen to this. This is in 2019. Biden's saying this because he wants to appear to be the non-Russia allied guy putting a foil against Donald Trump, who he's winking and nodding is a Russian stooge. Again, creating his own mess right here. Here, check this out. Folks, you hear the news. Once again, Putin and the Russians are trying to engage in our elections and decide who the president's going to be. And this time I'm the object of their attention. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president. But to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Mr. Putin, the American people decide their elections, not you. Chip in a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Yes, dude, that's a... <laughs> that's, that's definitely yeah. a double. Look at his cloud. You understand they walked their way into this? Create PP hoax. As a counter to PP hoax, the Trump team's actually harsher against Russia than you'd be, right? Then say you're going to be tougher against Russia because 
of the peepee hoax, you you want to paint this image that Donald Trump's a Russian stooge, and then do nothing when Putin gets in when uh, you get in office, when Putin realizes Trump of, Trump is out of office and won't be harsh against him, making you look like a total buffoon. They walked into this. These idiots played themselves. Now, it's enough to talk about this, but what can we do? This is an action-oriented show. I've already given you my take on what should be done precisely in Canada. Get out of Canada. Get your business out of Canada. Get your money out of Canada. I'm going to give you some action items here. Because you say, well, Dan, it's not our land war. And it's not. It's not. But here's what we could do. These are possibilities. I'm not suggesting I would implement them. But there are possibilities here and steps short of war we could take. Number one, the swift international clearing system for payments. If we were to wipe Russia from that, the swift payment system, keep it in mind. If we were to wipe them out from that, ladies and gentlemen, the Russian economy would take a massive hit. A massive hit. Now, why are we not doing that? Well, the reason is there are a number of countries, billions of dollars in debt, payable through the SWIFT system is owed to a number of business people in, another, in a number of countries. Understandably, again, you don't have to agree, I'm just telling you, it's understandable these business people are saying, hey, can we get our money first before we shut the Russians out? It's like, imagine this, just imagine a contract I had with Joe. I owe Joe $20,000. Joe goes you know, and, and robs a bank or says he's going to rob a bank. And we're like, hey, let's sanction Joe and cut him off from his bank accounts. I'd be like, wait, wait, I, I, Joe, you know, excuse me, if I was owed money from Joe, I'd be like, hey, I want my money from Joe first before you sanction him. I'm telling you the option. None of them are pretty, folks. But I owe you some options here rather than just talk. None of them are pretty. But they're a lot less prettier than a land war in eastern Ukraine. Here's a pretty easy one. We could up gas production here. Biden has, it's just an embarrassment. He's a clown. He's stopping gas production here on federal lands, the Keystone Pipeline and elsewhere, while Russia uses its influence in the gas and petroleum market to hijack Eastern Europe. Hey, we're going to cut you off in the winter, freeze you all out. I'm not going to give you any Russian gas. You know what we could say? Double-barreled, family-friendly. Here you go. We're going to deliver a bunch of LNG, liquid natural gas, to those European folks you're threatening. Biden won't do it. Why? Because Biden's a clown. A clown. Who is catering to his green environmental AOC nut party in the United States. He can't have any natural gas. Second, we should, uh, third, excuse me, we should sanction Russian diplomats, anyone involved in this. They shouldn't be allowed in the United States. Any assets should be seized immediately. Germany took a small step, albeit too late, halting that Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline um, today. That happened this morning. That Nord Stream 2 pipeline was a big deal. And stopping it is going to put a little bit of a dent in the, uh, in the Russian monopoly on their gas market there. All right, let me move on to the next story. Folks, you know, if you watched my Fox show this weekend, I talked about the lies. The lies, the endless litany of lies from bureaucrats and government and the need to constantly question authority. You know, when I was younger, when I was a kid in, um, in, in high school and I first got my license, I had a white Ford Escort. It was a piece of junk. But on the back was a white bumper sticker in red letters that said, question authority. Because authority and power corrupts. Lord Acton was right. 
Why are we being lied to all the time? I said to you in my Fox show, we do have a crisis. We have a crisis of truth. I want to get to that in a minute and where it's happening again with coronavirus, how they constantly lie to us. Their credibility is finished. A stunning article in the CDC. And then I want to get to this article at the end about the ABA. A uh, quick thank you. I did Fox and Friends from the Daytona 500, obviously in Daytona. And um, I really warmed my heart. To see. I was there. I was on the infield starting line there right before the race. And I was walking around. I was there for about five hours. Can you see the tan line on my neck from the lanyard? I mean, I was out in the sun for a long. I'm not supposed to be doing that with this cancer thing. But uh, I probably took 500, 1,000 pictures, and maybe two, 3,000 people said hello. And you all were so nice. I don't get out enough. I don't get out of my house a lot. It really warmed my heart. So uh, to everybody I saw there, people came up to me, listen to your podcast every day. Thank you very much. It really uh, means the world to me. Um, let me get to my uh, my last sponsor here. So big. Juicy bear hug. Thank you. you more, really. And a lot of you said uh, one, one quick thing. Sorry, guys. I don't mean to waste it. He's like, move it on. I know I can tell. Um, a lot of you said to me, I, I know you hear it all the time, but you know what? I do, but it's special every time. I mean it. I'm not being silly with you. You hear it every time, but I love your podcast. Every single time it gives me goosebumps. Thank you. You're, uh, you're all individuals and it means a lot. Okay. Uh, I'll get to that next. The question authority thing and a huge, huge, story about the cdc here are the things we've been lied about i don't have to relitigate all of them i want to focus specifically on the cdc story but you have to question authority all the time ladies and gentlemen power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely we've been lied to lied to about january 6th that's now obvious i told you about the bomber how is it that the bomber who's alleged to have dropped two bombs in front of the dnc and the rnc has evaded every single fbi detection mechanism and yet created two bombs that failed to go off so he's a pro who's an amateur. Does that make sense to you? We're being lied to about something. Spygate. We've been lied to the whole time. The fact checkers are covering it up right now. Donald Trump's campaign was absolutely spied on. Absolutely spied on. With a capital A. We've also been lied to repeatedly about coronavirus, the efficacy of masks, the efficacy of the vaccine. It is getting old now. We are lied to about everything of significance. The Daily Mail. Please read this piece, Harriet Alexander. It's in my show notes today. The CDC is refusing to publish data it's collected on booster effectiveness for 33 million Americans aged 18 to 49 over fears it might show the vaccines as ineffective. An FDA expert tells the CDC to, quote, tell the truth. So what happened here? They have a tranche of data, the CDC. They're not publishing, omitting the impact of these boosters on 18 to 49-year-olds who are least likely to benefit from the boosters. Why? A spokeswoman for the CDC said they were concerned that the data would be misinterpreted, pointing out it was incomplete, not verified. Folks, here, here we get the, look at this. I'm not even kidding. We get the goosebumps again. I, I, I can't warn you in, in, in strong enough, harsh enough terms. One of the very hallmarks of a regime and not a representative democracy is an asymmetric information environment where the regime gives itself access to information that you don't have. Please tell me how this story doesn't fit that mold. I said to you in the beginning of the show, you must train yourself to read the tea leaves. Read the fact checker tea leaves. Read the tea leaves about when something is serious. The CDC is lying to you. The regime propaganda is easy to spot. 
If you see a collective effort by regime personnel at the CDC, the FDA, government bureaucrats, Biden and elsewhere, relentlessly pumping a narrative about the efficacy of something so much so that they have to mandate it. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you that it's so good for you they have to mandate it? You should know something is wrong. Now you know. When you see the fact checkers and the news raiders that rate news sites coming out and panicking about a topic, you know there's probably an element of truth underlying it that you're trying to hide. You see the CDC's not releasing data about vaccine efficacy of 18 to 49? You have to say to yourself, what's the regime narrative about vaccine efficacy? Vaccines, take the vaccines, mandate the vaccines, they're wonderful. You should know there's a problem with the vaccines the minute you see that they're hiding the data. The minute the fact checkers jump on board, which they will on this show too, which will only make me double down more. When you see news raiders jump in, we rate sites where a nonpartisan independent site race, rating news, like NewsGuard, you know there's a problem. Read the tea leaves. Media Post, Joe Mendeze. NewsGuard enters Russia-Ukrainian war. The disinformation part. So remember NewsGuard? This ridiculous group of losers that claim they're rating sites for their authenticity and veracity and allegiance to the truth. NewsGuard is a joke. It is a left-wing site that sole purpose appears to be to crush conservative websites. Why are they doing this now about the Russia story? Because Joe Biden knows he has a narrative problem. Joe Biden does not want anyone questioning anything he's about to do in Russia. So NewsGuard is going to jump right in. And anytime you say anything that conflicts with the Russia narrative from the Biden administration, NewsGuard's going to be there. Damn, that's not happening. Here we go. AP, Associated Press. U.S. accuses a financial website of spreading Russian propaganda. This was Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge is not a Russian propaganda site. It is a website. They dared to ask questions like, is a Russian invasion uh, and our, a military counterstrike by the United States a good idea? So what happens? These news raider sites and everyone jump right in and declare New Zero Hedge a Russian propaganda site. Sound familiar? You understand how back to the, I love to tie the show together, how the Democrats created their own Russia problem by accusing Trump of being a Russian stooge, which had then Trump fighting back against that characterization by probably being harsher on Russia. You see how they're going to do this right now again with right-wing media? They're going to create their own issue later on by accusing right-wing media people of being a Russian stooge. And then if right-wing media people were to turn later and recommend harsh action against Russia, what are they going to say later? You all are warmongers, Dick Cheney. You can't win with these idiots. Read the tea leaves, man. They're everywhere. Everywhere. All right. My last story, it's an important one. I saw this on Saturday, and I couldn't wait to get back on the air to talk about it. I'm leaving it last, so I have a little bit of time here. Revolver News has an amazing story. I'm going to try to get someone from Revolver on my radio show this week to talk about this. I was asked a question. You guys remember this on the Friday show, the questions for Dan? Someone said to me, Dan, what's the, totally unintentional, by the way, the story came out after that. Someone said to me, Dan, what's the next fight in the woke wars? And I said, credentialing organizations and universities. You guys remember that? Credentialing organizations, the American Bar Association, American Medical Association, these organizations that have the power to take away your, the ability of service professionals, lawyers and doctors to earn money, they are going woke. 
They are now obstacles between you and your goal of being a doctor or a lawyer. Why? Because they're implementing this woke, critical race theory-based diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda, meaning you will have to pledge allegiance to CRT-based principles or you're going to have a hard time finding work. As if on cue, folks, this story pops the next day. Revolver. The American Bar Association just mandated, quote, wokeness. But Republicans have an ace up their sleeve to save America's law school. So what happened? The ABA has a new rule online. They posted the text of it. They're not hiding it. Along with its own interpretation of the rule's meaning. It leaves some legal wiggle room, they note, for now. But the ABA interpretation of this rule clearly encourages schools to implement mandatory classes on racism for students to, to graduate. Ladies and gentlemen, law schools now are going to be, in the future, incentivized, air quotes, strongly to add these, quote, add these upper division courses on, on, on racism and cross-cultural competency, on bias. And these, these are all CRT-based courses. They are going to hijack the law schools and push their ideological agenda, possibly in the future, preventing you from making any money in the legal profession if you're not bar certified. Now, there's something we can do here. This is an action item. The author of the piece at Revolver notes, a coalition of red states could collude in their own school accreditation standard in order to evade the Bar Association's reach without simply throwing the gates open to any sham law school that wants to enrich itself with student loans and the GI Bill. If enough states get on board, they could conceivably get more ambitious. I like this idea. They could declare the tenets of critical race theory so antithetical to just legal practice that they will henceforth only bar attorneys from schools that do not teach such poison. Yes! Yes! You want to teach that the white male is the source of the patriarchy and the source and the fountain where racism was to, it emanates from the United States from that fountain. How the hell are you going to be an attorney and a potential judge later? How are you going to treat someone who happens to be white fairly if you already believe they should be judged by their skin color? The verdict is in. Sounds like a good question to me there, Dano. Self-praise stinks. Sorry. That tip, Aunt Jane. God rest her soul. States, you doing something about that? You want to meet these ABA criteria? Ban any attorney who's taught about the uh, race preeminence and the color of your skin mattering more than the content of your character from practicing in your state. Oh, we can't do that. You watch your state and the country disappear. Here's another one. Legal insurrection. Saw this right before I got in here. William Jacobson. Almost all the top 25 medical schools mandate race-based training and study newcriticalrace.org database shows. New uh, mandate race-based training and study. Credentialing organizations and universities. That article came out today. Told you about it on Friday. That's the next battle. You want to fight back? Do it the right way. Hey, quick thank you. We added 200,000 new subscribers on Rumble since we canceled YouTube and Google, uh, which is amazing. We're at 2.2 million now. Thank you very much. And Truth Social. I am uh, just crossed 11,000 followers on True Social. I am at D. Bongino. There's my profile. We'll be posting my uh, thoughts there. And on Parlor from this point on, True Social, at D. Bongino. Check me out over there. Uh, it's, the launch has gone great. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll see you on the radio show a little later. You just heard Dan Bongino.